0: Previously, on the Division Three's Finest Podcast.
1: Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Pib Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. From what I understand, you've moved on to the uh, personal training game, uh, so like, <laughs> what are the best kind of steroids that I could get?
2: That's a good question, man. <laughs>
1: uh... You took Sprite Cranberry over. Took, you
2: took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper.
1: I'd rather drink my own piss and I don't fear the mellow ball at all and then uh like those guys are always they look like they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub is I know. try and ask is do you do you not have dragons? Make oh, nice. sure you have so, a whole new album I'll go seven, I, I feel seven. I feel like really good. I know. <laughs> this is this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So uh, what do you do now? Yeah,
0: I, I work
1: uh, you professional now, I'm a big uh, professional guy.
0: Episode seventy three of the Division 3 Science Podcast coming up next. Now join us on the podcast. This is his first appearance on the show. He's the head baseball coach at Chapman University. He was also the 2019 D3 Baseball Coach of the Year after leading Chapman to a national championship. Coach Scott Laverty, first question, how's quarantine life going for you? And we understand back in your playing days, you played for legendary coach, uh, Coach Smitherin, who earlier in his life played with Reggie Jackson at Arizona State. So we were thinking, you know, when can we get Reggie Jackson on the podcast?
2: Yeah. I don't know. Coach, did you catch? Yeah, did you catch any I, of that? I got, I got, I got most of it. I think. I think uh, you know we're we're doing good out here, um, and and uh, you know as good as can be expected. Uh, you know at this time, but uh, uh, it's obviously needed, and and uh, you know we're we're just hanging in there the best we can. Um, you know, getting extra time with family that's good. Um, I did hear uh, a little bit back to my playing days. Yeah, at Division Two UC Riverside, and I got to play for. Uh, maybe Hall of Famer Jack Smitherton um and uh my dad was part of it. my dad was actually his college roommate at Arizona State um so yeah they oh, played no. Reggie Jackson, Sal Bando, um all of those uh all those greats uh you know so I was an Arizona State kid uh watching Barry Bonds play uh you know since my dad was a uh, Arizona State uh, guy um, and uh, uh, so it was fun watching, you know, all all, all those guys. But uh, but yeah, back in the day, yeah, uh, you know, Coach Smithers and Coach Smithers a midget, man. Uh, so him next to Reggie Jackson, uh, looking watching old videos and stuff was uh, was was funny. <laughs> all
1: right, so so a little more serious of a question here. So the theme of our podcast name, uh, Division Three's Finest, we kind of talked about it. It comes from uh, us, you know, playing Division Three baseball, and, and kind of like part of that is, you know, maybe for whatever reason, uh, you know, maybe the skills aren't there, but mostly just trying to play for, you know, the love of the game, like just trying to ride out our careers as long as we can. Um, so you've kind of been around in that. You you see that in guys all the time. Um, and I'm sure, obviously, being a player and coach yourself, like you have that in you. Um, so if you don't mind just kind of touching on that a little bit, your passion for baseball and kind of like how it's driven your, your overall baseball career.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's really neat. Um, Division three baseball is, is is special in a lot of circumstances. Um, you can you can have good players, you can have players get drafted, but as a coach, usually they're coming to you missing something. Um, you know, we've got a kid uh, who's going to be a top five round draft pick. He's been you know 94 to 97 in his last outing here last month, um, and but he didn't. He was a third baseman. We converted him. Um, you know, so he didn't pitch much. He hadn't figured it out. Um, and so we were able to, to get him here. Once we figured out that he couldn't hit the curveball, we said, okay, Nick, you got to get on. Let's see if you can pitch, you know. Yeah, and, um, you know, we was able to help him uh, find his new path. And that's something that's unique to baseball. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys play with a lot of great student athletes, uh, basketball players, football players at Bethany, um, mm-hmm. but, but none of them are, none of them are NFL or NBA guys. Well, you know, you can you played against guys in Division Three that were drafted, that, that went into the minor leagues, that did all these things, and so Division Three is special in that sense. That is, you know, you can find yourself in the same spot as any of the guys that went to Florida or, or Arkansas or, or USC or UCLA, um, you know, sitting in the minor leagues right next to them. So, um, so it's really neat. But that experience of coming in and then helping them develop. Um, and usually if, they, if they're missing a tool, you know, maybe they, they really can hit in high school, but, you know, they just weren't very good defensively, and you help them become a better defensive player, um, and then that maybe helps them move on to the next level. Um, you know, so that's kind of the neat thing um, about the Division III uh, atmosphere is that teaching atmosphere, and that's what I, I like the most and, and what we go out to, to find guys that, you know, we, we think can learn and, and, and want to learn about the game and, and then hopefully uh, get, get better.
3: <clears throat> yeah, so let's start into the present
2: day before jumping into your journey, uh, you know, to the Division
3: Three National Championship and other coaching questions. But, you know, yeah. unfortunately for you and all of the sports teams around the country, you know, sports have been put on hold due to the coronavirus. Um, so personally for you, what's been the toughest part about dealing with this situation and how have you been able to stay positive with your team and family? And then what were some of those conversations like with your team at the end of the season once you knew your season was over, especially like with the seniors?
2: yeah that was tough um so uh toughest part um we we were we really thought we could do it again we thought we were in a position to repeat um we had a great number of our team coming back and um we could really pitch um, um and so we thought that we were in a in a great spot to to go back and do it again so that's that's a little disappointing not having that opportunity um, um you know to, to do that um, we were the first, uh, pretty, you know, pretty much. I think we we're the first school on the west coast, Division 1, two, or three, um, to, to cancel our season. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget it was. Um, I got called uh, Wednesday, March 11th. Uh, our associate athletic director calls me. He's all coach Lab, you got to be in the uh, in the pro vice provost office at 11 a.m. And I'm like, all right, and I uh, hang up the phone, I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, we we go in and they say, hey, we're, we're canceling the season, and, and uh, You know, so it was kind of a shock because the night before they were talking about, well, maybe we'll just do games with no fans and and stuff like that. And so within about a 12-hour span, they did a 180, and it kind of caught all of us off guard, uh, including, you know, our athletic director. And, uh, you know, so they they told me that. I I held off on telling the players because I knew our athletic director was trying to, you know, see what are we doing here nobody else has canceled yet. What are You know, what are we going to do? Um, you know, he got a special meeting with, uh, with the president and a few other of uh, the upper ups and, and they said, nope, nope, we're gonna, we're, we're going to online schooling. Um, we need to just cancel everything. And so, um, so yeah, there was a lot of tears, uh, in, involved with, that. we had five seniors, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, a lot of tears, that suddenness and being the first one is part of the reason why it hurt. Uh, I think most of you know, they're kind of going, well, everybody else is still playing. What are we doing? And, uh. Uh, but within, you know, within the next 24 hours, another school in our conference did the same thing. Uh, and by the beginning of the next week, you know the whole conference was shut down. So um, you know, that made it a little better for the guys understanding the seriousness of everything that was coming on. And then you know right then then NBA was postponed and, and you know MLB started to, you know spring training started to go away. So it really uh, then, then it really started to go, okay, we can be disappointed, but we understand the seriousness and the severity of what's going on. You guys were kind of hipsters to the
1: cancellation you were trendsetters anyway. yeah
2: yes. we're trying yep yep it was on instagram man it was on instagram <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we just dropped it right on instagram so there here we go um maybe TikTok next you know we'll see yeah. Uh, yeah
3: there you go yeah so just like just following up real quick with the seniors like your five seniors you know division three is you know obviously the u- unique compared to like division one and two with not having scholarships, are there any word, or I know it's early in the process of any of those five guys, you know, possibly coming back because at Division three, you know, they got to pay for schooling unless they have like a full ride
2: academically. Right. Uh, right now, the last conversation that I had was was about a week ago with most all of them because uh, we've been, you know, kind of communicating, and uh, none of the five are going to come back and use their extra year. Um, three of them have really good jobs waiting for them. That um, they're like, gosh, I, you know, I don't want to pass this up you know, as long as the job uh, comes. Um, our senior catcher is, is going to get signed. Um, so he'll, he'll just get a free agent signing. He's already had a couple of um, teams contact him uh, about signing they, you know, just as a free agent, uh, which is, we're like, yes, absolutely. That's been one of his dreams. Um, and so he's going to get the opportunity to do that. And, and then one's going to go to grad school for sports psych. So they're really, we're, we're set. Um, I wish, you know, I would want them all back, uh, but I, I'm good with them all yes. moving on with the next chapter as well, um, you know, because we recruited accordingly to set up and, and, you know, be just as good when they moved on. And so uh, that will only help us um, in that rec- because the recruiting piece the next couple of years is going to be, whew, it's going to be a beast. There's going to be a lot of issues uh, coming out of the 21-22 class. Uh, at, at all levels uh, you know so so i'm excited for those seniors and honestly they probably have it a little bit better than most or you know they do have it better than most because they got a championship to sit on they go well, well we won so right. you know uh, i'm not <laughs> leaving necessarily anything on the table so i can go yeah. i can go now i can go move whereas if we did not your year, title it a, yeah it, it was, but if we didn't win last year they might have been you know they might have been a little bit tougher for them to walk away right oh definitely and maybe then,
1: even getting close and then not quite, you know, maybe falling a little bit short even.
2: Correct. Correct.
0: And like you said, you know, we can only imagine it's even more devastating for you guys after starting out 12-3 and 3 and trying to defend your championship. But, you know, where do you guys go from here and what kind of things are you guys doing now to continue to develop and get get better despite everything that's going on right now?
2: Yeah. Boy, Um, you know, it's neat, uh, seeing all the things that, that, that are, that are going on, uh, you know, not to be able to be face to face. So, um, you know, with just, just trying to stay in touch with everybody. Um, most of the guys are someplace where at least they can do something, whether they got a net at home or, um, there's still a good portion of our upperclassmen that stayed in their homes. Um. So we live on, our, our players live on campus uh, freshman and sophomore years and then they can move off campus. Um, so a lot of our juniors and seniors, uh, they have, uh, they share homes in the area and so a lot of them stayed here. Uh, so they're working out together. Um, one one house has got a really big backyard, you know, so they went and grabbed our portable mound out of our indoor facility and put it over there so they could throw bullpens and, and do all that stuff. So they're finding creative ways to, to do some of that stuff while they're now engaging on in online learning and all that fun stuff. So, um, but you know, for me, I personally i have been, you know, it's fun listening to stuff like this, podcasts, um, going back to ABCA videos, um, just connecting with, with people, uh, you know, that you wouldn't, uh, I'm actually the chair of division three for ABCA. Uh, and we've hey. said things that I would like to, uh, accomplish and maybe you know add some more uh you know four-on-one time or different things like that in the fall um and so i've been talking to coaches and picking their brains on how things work and and maybe try and use this time as a time to get legislation passed um, in the ncaa to make it better for division three because i think we get we get the we get the shaft when you know you use two to four weeks or five weeks maybe in the fall and uh then you're done uh, and you see all the division ones, you know, coming in doing 4 on one, and they're doing, you know, five to six weeks of practice, and then they're four-on-ones again. Um, and if there's anybody that needs help in the classroom, it's those knuckleheads, you know. So I think the <laughs> Division three guys uh, are uh, are usually pretty good in the classroom. And so uh, when, when people try and say, well, Division three is the academic, you know, it's supposed to be an academic standard, well, you know, uh, I, I don't buy it. They're, they're doing the job in the classroom, and I bet you if you pulled. You know, uh, all the student athletes—they nine out of ten of them would say, "Yeah, I would want more time with my coach. If I could have four-on-ones, if we could do our three weeks, and then have another four weeks of four-on-ones, I'm all in." Right? -hmm. Uh, So, so we're so I'm using some of my time to to try and do that to hopefully make things a little bit better.
0: Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And you know, you kind of mentioned this, but it does kind of seem like this is the the. I mean, obviously, no one wants to see a pandemic, but it's kind of happening in the right era. Like if this happened 20 years ago, like it's so much harder to do online classes and stuff like you're seeing with Zoom and, you know, students being able to keep up with their academics. I remember uh, this happened. A similar kind of thing happened in Hong Kong, like when I I was super young in first grade. uh, It was called SARS. And I was in first grade. I remember, you know, there's nothing online. They just gave us like a huge booklet. Of like material that's hey go do this. Uh-huh. I remember that was my introduction yeah. to cramming early in my academic career, first grade. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, just, well, yeah that's what I remember. I'm, well, I'm you know I'm old enough to remember SARS, and so yeah. Uh, luckily, it didn't kind of work its way this way too much, but right. uh, but yeah. So you got you got an experience there. Your parents sure
0: did. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, a lot of yeah. procrastination well, in those days as as a first grader, just waiting until the last second to get all my work done. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> So we kind of go in reverse a little bit. We kind of touched on it, um, you know, here and there, but your championship run last season. Um, first off, we have to thank you. Um, I think I can speak for all of us when I say thank you uh, for beating W&J in the tournament. Uh, big shout-out to <laughs> Coach Mountain, the friend of the program, Coach Mountain. Um, and But uh, to be fair, in our four years at Bethany, I don't think we ever beat them, so that's another big reason why, you know, shout-out to you. Um, yeah. But more on a general level, uh, why don't you just talk us through that last season and, and more specifically that championship run, and when did you kind of feel that team could be special? And tell us about maybe, uh, you know, one or two key moments, maybe turning points or, or moment, like two moments where you really felt like, okay, like this, like we have
2: something here. Yeah. Um, honestly, we we went into the season believing that we were, you know, good enough to, to get in the playoffs and make a run. Um uh, you know Chapman's got a very very storied baseball tradition uh you know, it's a, you know this was my seventh year here um and you know when I took over uh, there was a little bit of controversy um and took a couple of years to get get us back going and then back into the regional in 18 and then we lost in the regional uh, but returned a great portion of that team and so you know going in from the, the regional appearance in 18 coming into the 19th season we felt really good about our our club especially on the mound We did have some have some question marks early about uh you know some playing time because we were young you know we ended up playing a freshman at at third a freshman at first not freshman in center field um you know and so we went through some growing pains early you know with with them but uh you know so so we were excited from 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 the get-go uh with that club and what what we thought we could do as we started to go through the season um you know our our, like so we knew we were going to be able to pitch. Uh, but as people really started to solidify, um, you know, their roles, uh, our first uh, tournament in Arizona, uh, we're playing Pacific, and uh, we have this guy named Nick Garcia who we transferred, you know, who transitioned from a third baseman, you know, the year before into a pitcher. You know, we're seeing 90-mile-an-hour out of his arm, but he's still, you know, still learning the pitching thing. And, and uh, so his very first game, we bring him out of the bullpen, uh, bases loaded, uh, nobody out. We're up 4 to 2, I think. Um, and he just proceeds to throw about 11 pitches and strike three guys out. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of the first pick going, oh, whoa, okay, you know, this might be a little little special. Um, and then, um, you know, then as the season progressed, watching kind of those three freshmen um, that I was talking about really start to develop um, uh, Drew Litwin, Brad Shimabuku, and uh, Miguel Sabedo, um, you know the three Shout. of them as freshmen, um, you know playing significant roles, you know was was really neat. And as they started to develop, boy, the team really started to take off. And I think we won a lot of games uh, early on, you know, with our pitching and defense. We didn't, you know, we scored runs when we needed to, and were able to hang in there. Um, one of the neat things about that team, if you if you look, uh, there was like 25 come from behind victories. It was ridiculous. Um, wow. You know, we would. You know it, it, it just a lot you know we just give up a couple runs and then you know pitching defense would settle in we just have to find our way uh, we finally get into a bullpen and you know take the lead in the seventh um, and so uh, that, that was uh, that was really kind of you know the the mantra of that team uh, even as we got into the you know, the playoffs in the world series um but as we started to get down towards the end of the season you know we were feeling you know really good about our club and 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 we're able to uh, you know stay at the top of the conference, um, and then really, really start to hit on all cylinders um, once the the conference tournament started, and uh, you know it's definitely the best. You know the, the old adage, hey, you want to be playing your best baseball, you know, come playoff time, and, and we certainly were, you know, especially offensively, with the young guys now, you know, really having a full season underneath their belt, in in, a, in an essence, and being able to uh, you know to go from there. Um, our our uh, regional series with Whitman, the Northwest college champions was the best series I've ever been involved in. Um, wow. yeah, the world series was awesome. A lot of great teams, but we, this battle with Whitman was amazing. Um, a team that traditionally, uh, you know, uh, 10 years ago, they struggled to win a game. Um, and, uh, coach Kitamura, um, the coach at Whitman, he's a fantastic human being, a fantastic coach and has taken that program, you know, to, to champions. And, uh, uh, we had to, we took us all five games in the bottom of the ninth of game five, uh, where we walked them off to uh, to get into the super regional, uh, and, and and then uh, and face Concordia from Texas. And lucky enough that uh, you know we're playing those games at home, which means a lot uh, that, with that new format, which was awesome. So you know we had a regional series at home, and then a super regional at home. Uh, there was just nothing better than that, and then uh, you know get into the World Series. Um, people ask me a lot, you know what. And what I thought of the World Series, and uh, it, it took me about a week, and I, I finally started to realize kind of what I was feeling, and I was—it's very humbling. Um, you mentioned Coach Mountain; w- what a great, great coach. Obviously, you know they—they they lost to to Cal Lutheran uh, in the championship series a few years ago. So I mean they've been close a couple of times, right? And uh, uh, you know, great coach, great team. Um, you know, Coach Weisberg, the, the coach at. Uh, Birmingham Southern, you know, great man, great coach, great team. Uh, coach Kirch at Webster and I have been friends forever. Coach Noon at, at Babson and I have been friends uh, for a long time. So I, I was not only playing good teams, but you're playing really good coaches and good people that deserve the opportunity to, to, to win too. So to be the one that came out uh, as the as the victor, it was very humbling because I really respect those people. Um, and, you know, I, I, you feel bad for them too in an essence of going, hey, gosh, you know, only one gets to be the champion but boy they're champions in in, in all the other ways as well and, and hopefully each of those gentlemen will be able to get their opportunities uh, as the as the years go on but the last thing i like to say about this this that 2019 club you know I, I told you our expectations where we thought we could uh you know we that, that's where we could be we thought we could be that type of team to win it all and and, and we were kind of pegged that way if you look uh, at all the preseason polls, I mean, we were top 20 in the nation and in and, uh, and most of the polls. Uh, we were picked to, to win our conference. Um, you know, we stayed in those top, you know, all throughout the year. Um, then uh, as we got into, you know, ranking times, we were number one in the West throughout the whole rankings. Um, you know, then we won the regional, we're still number one, and, and then we win the super regional, and for all intents and purposes, going to the World Series, we're still you know, the highest-ranked team left going to go into the World Series. And so we're seated number one. Um, and so I think it's pretty special that a team could be ranked high as number one all year long and, and make it happen uh, because usually right. some of those rankings come with, you know, hey, uh, you know, big weights on your shoulders, you you, you try too hard, and you, you try to do too many things. So that's one of the things that I really credit my my captains with and, and the team with itself, with, of, of staying with the process and, and what we needed to do be, to be successful, not worried about you know what we were supposed to do, let's just go out and, and, and do our job. So as I reflected, I thought that was one thing that was really, really neat about that club is being, being expected to do it, people ranking in number one, being ranked in the top 20, um, and then you know, as much as going to the World Series as the highest ranked team left, you know, um, you know that the people are looking at you, going, okay, uh, and uh, to to do it shows some some good fortitude.
0: Right, that's definitely special. You, you see it all the time in NCAA basketball, like a team like Duke, ranked number one to start the season, they get upset in the middle of the season, go down to five, and then maybe eventually they end up winning the championship. But for you guys to go wire to wire, that's pretty cool. Yep. Another thing, uh, I it's funny you touched on it like i i heard this on another pod you touched on you you guys having a lot of come from behind victories um one story you told on uh, this other podcast i listened to is there's one game deep in the tournament where a team scored first against you and a player came back in the dugout and it was like all right you know this is how the season's been let's just do it again and you guys ended up winning that game and you know the numbers, we're, we're big baseball guys and saving metric guys, you know, the numbers, whenever a team scores first against you, you know, we know those numbers are high that that team wins, so it's cool that not only did you guys win the championship, but you defied the odds a lot of the time during that, that journey. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a that's a great great story. That was uh, Hank Zeisler who ended up being the most outstanding player You know, of the World Series, and he uh, that was the uh, uh, UMass Boston game, the winner-take-all to go into the two-out-of-three versus Birmingham, and and, uh, you know, we brought back uh, Jonathan Hernandez, who was, you know, 9-0. and And uh, we brought him back on short uh, rest to, to get us in, you know, uh, hopefully get us into the into the championship series. And he hangs a curveball in the first inning with a runner on and two outs. And, and, you know, they hit it out, so they go up 2 nothing. And, you know, so like you're like, oh, that's not good. You know, right. it's kind <laughs> of a little bit deflating. But it's exactly what I talked about. You know, Hank just, you know, we, the next guy gets out. Fairly quickly too, maybe like the first pitch he pops out, and then uh, Hank just runs in. And he's like, "Hey, guys, somebody tell me what our record is when they score first And somebody yells out, "A lot to a little." And they're like, "Okay, here we go." You know, and uh, you know, a couple of innings later, we put up a four, and you know, end up winning eight to four. So, um, you know, so yeah, that's a that's a great. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one uh, for sure.
3: Yeah. So just following up on that, I have a quick question. You know, I've read a book about, uh, a book from Urban Meyer, he was talking about, you know, how the, you know, the chase of a national championship is more gratifying than actually, you know, winning the whole thing. So, you know, you, you chase down this national championship and you finally win it. What's going through your head, that, you know, the first moments after you win the national championship?
2: So, it, it, it goes back a, a second. You know, for, we win the first game versus Birmingham Southern, um, you know, 6-4, you know, good, good, good hard-fought game we come out and you know both pitchers in game two are just it's nothing nothing going into the six and we don't even have a hit yet no hit their little lefties just tearing us up and uh they scratcher when they make a couple of their pitcher uh, makes an error on a swinging bunt and then we bunt again and he makes another error um, we end up moving guys around and get a sack fly and, and score the first run uh then we come up and get two runs in the bottom of seven so we're up three nothing uh, and then we open it up in the bottom of the eighth. We score eight runs, right? So, um, as all those runs are coming in, you know, it's six nothing, seven nothing, eight nothing. Finally, eleven nothing. Then the final outs made, and I'm looking at the scoreboard, and I go, "Holy crap! We're up eleven nothing, in the, going into the top. We got three outs to win the national title." And we're not giving up 11 runs in the bottom of the night. We're not right. going to lose this. Yeah. We're going to win. We're going to win the national title, you know. Um, and so, you know, just that was the first realization of, of where it went. Um, but I think this is part of the journey that you're talking about to be able to actually get there um, and, and actually do it. But not five minutes after we're holding the trophy, Brad Shimabuku the freshman center fielder, you know, looks at me. You know, we, we end up next to each other and we're, I uh, give him a hug, and, and he's uh, like, "Coach Lab, we're coming back next year. We're coming back next year." You know, um, so uh, right away, those 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 sights were already set towards you know the process, and and I, and what I hope that you know conveys to everybody is um, you know it is a journey, and and it's the process that makes it fun. You know, think about if you've played any sport uh, and you've played a really good game. Uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, it's just a really, really good, well-played game on both sides. Win or lose, you go away from that. You know, when you're feeling really good, even lose, you go away, gosh, you know, that was a good game. Um, you know, we just happen to be on the, on, on the, you know, bottom side of it. Um, but when, when you play well, when the process is well, it still makes you feel good about things. And if you can, you know, really focus on that process, then hopefully over the long haul, um, good things can, can happen. So, Um, I think that's been my focus, Um, you know, uh, as a player when I was fortunate enough to play in the Division II College World Series, um, and, you know, now as a coach, you know, to build it up and and to get us to here. Um, But then, again, looking forward to the process and hopefully doing that process correctly so that we can get there again, because uh, definitely um, aspiring for this and dreaming for this all these years, you know, my 21 years as a coach, my 20 years as as a player. Aspiring towards those things, but now having achieved it, I don't want to be a one-hit wonder. I want to do it again. You know, that's not you know, you know. 2019 is now 2019. I get to I get to celebrate that you know for the rest of my life. But I want to do it again. You know, you know, as soon as possible. And again, that that goes towards the disappointment of you know this year a little bit too. And you know, really thinking that we have a chance to repeat, and and you know, that's even tougher to do. You know, to try and win one and then come back and repeat, Um, you know, win one, you know, now and win one again in five years, you know, that that's, you know, but the chance to come back and repeat was, uh, was, was special too.
3: Yeah. And just going off of that, you know, obviously we've mentioned, you know, amazing season for you guys, you know, you were hoping to replicate that, hoping to replicate that this year, you know, I guess you technically can still defend your national championship from 2019 since this year got canceled. Uh, But just talk about some of your uh, coaching goals moving forward. Yeah, um, obviously Chapman is now you a know, Division Three powerhouse program, and you've maintained that success and conquered the ultimate goal of winning a national championship like we've mentioned. Uh, but what now? You've already mentioned, you know, uh, is it just about maintaining that level? Is it about going back to the national championship every year? Or is it as simple as winning uh, or getting your players more looks in the draft? What are your main goals for the future of Chapman baseball?
2: Perfect. Um, it, it goes back to uh, I want to make sure and I stay focused on what we need to do to help be successful—the process again, getting back to that process—and so, and that's a process of men, um, you know, winning the national championship. You know, again, that—that's our—that's our goal, um, but it's very difficult to do, um, and not everybody. Like I said, I, I mentioned all those great coaches, and I hope all of them get the opportunity. I hope Coach Mountain gets an opportunity uh, to, to go back again. He's been so close, you know, a couple of times, and I, I hope he gets the opportunity to go back again, but he might not. Um, and Coach Weisberg, Coach Courage um, you know, they, they might and so, you know, the ultimate respect comes from their development of men um, and, and putting, you know, good people out there that the, the accumulate positive experiences over their, their, their four years of, of wherever they're at, you know, so my continued goals, uh, I'm very happy with Chapman, uh, you know I've been 21 years in Division 3 um, I've had people ask me you know, my alma mater is now Division One. I've got all my buddies. Okay, when are you coming to take over UC Riverside? Well, I said it's not a better job than I got. <laughs> so, you know, I'm very happy uh, where I'm at. I'm well supported. We have a fantastic institution um, that is just um, blowing up academically uh, with with, every, with the programs that are uh, that they're offering. Uh, so it's amazing. You know, we're, we're getting a lot of people that are just interested in us uh, from that academic standpoint as well. So. Uh, finding the good students that we need to be able to get in, uh, plus quality baseball players, you know, isn't as hard as, as, as you might think just because of the draw of the school. And so it's a very, very good time to be at Chapman. Uh, we definitely, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Chapman's got a very storied baseball tradition. So that was our third national championship, you know, our second at Division three, and we have a Division two national title in 68 as well. Um, another neat story, sidebar, sorry. Um, You're uh, in our oh. super regional win to go to uh, our super regional win to go to the World Series, our entire infield from our 1968 national championship team was uh, was there in attendance watching us uh, play. Wow. Um, you know, so that's just that's awesome, the support man. that the alumni and, and uh, the, the you know the, the support that the program has, has had over all these years. And so, um, but uh, but yeah, those are the, those are our goals. Our goals are to be you know playing for national championship every year. Um, we're we're going to go out and recruit. Recruit to those effects, um, and try and find those those players that help us, um, you know, to get to the national championship. But then also uh, achieve their goals of, of graduating and, and uh, either either moving on to the professional level or moving on to the uh, as the, what as the NCAA commercial says. Uh, you know, most of our student athletes are, are moving on to you know something other than professional sports, right? <laughs> so, right. So helping them move on to that.
0: Yeah. And you just touched on it. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons to want to go to Chapman, but um, there's also ways where it seems like recruiting could be a little tricky with Chapman's, you know, academic standards and tuition costs and not being able to offer athletic scholarships. Um, It seems like, you know, that process can be a little difficult when competing against, you know, other D1 and JUCO schools in the West Coast, especially with the state being pretty D1 heavy. So uh, just a little exercise we wanted to do. Uh, let's pretend I'm the next Tyler Peck, you know, a Chapman pitcher that got drafted in last year's MLB draft. Uh, shout out! But what's your pitch to me and all the potential recruits listening out there? Why Chapman?
2: Yeah. Um, first and foremost, as I as I mentioned, there's not too many times you get to be at a place and it's boom. Um, so Chapman is is taking off. Has done an academic 180 uh, in the last 10 years, as far as where it was then and where it is today. Um, you know our business program is one of the top business programs on the West Coast, and that's usually about 50% of our guys. Um, our film program is the top three; it's NYU, USC, and Chapman uh, as far as film studies and, and things like that. Um, and then uh, we have a brand new $250 million science building that has just opened up a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, so our sciences are on the rise. Um, you know we've had uh, you know all, all kinds of different. Uh, it's about 50% of our guys are business guys, but we've had. You know uh you know guys wanted to be pas and and uh kinesiology and wanted to be you know trainers or athletic trainers or, or different things like that so we, we've had the the gamut of guys since i've, I've been here um as far as that uh, is concerned chapman's campus um you know it's a, the school itself is over 150 years old we've been on the current location for just over 70 years. You walk the campus and you go, "This thing's brand new." Why? How, how have they been here for 70 years? Every building has been old, or they've torn down and built new buildings. Um, you know, the campus itself is phenomenal. Uh, the city of Orange uh, is, a, is a great little town. that has gone through a huge revitalization with Chapman's boom as well. So it's just a block south of our campus. So to walk to, to downtown Orange and go to Pizza Press or, or uh, you know, any of the other local restaurants that are there that have popped up over the last five years. Um, just all kinds of neat things Um, you know and then uh, you know baseball wise you know again it comes back to that that tradition uh, as far as uh, you know the the tradition that we you can see um, you know over 30 regional appearances um, you know uh, this was our 13th World Series appearance um, and our 11th at the Division 3 level we've been Division 3 since 1993 so we're talking about the Chapman team has been in the College World Series. You know, one out of every three years. You know, um, you know, over the last you know twenty-five years or so. So, you know, so it's a pretty good tradition uh, there as far as uh, that's concerned. Uh, as you guys mentioned, you know, it is. I mean, we're our average incoming freshman this year was a was a three eight five twenty nine ACT and thirteen twenty on his SAT. Uh, so you got to go out and find guys that have done the job in the classroom, and uh, tuition is not cheap. 73 grand, that's probably going to be 75 next year, you know, like everything, you know, but, uh, uh, but it's also value added. Um, you know, they do a good job. You know, uh, our average financial aid package was about 28. Um, you know, so you're, you're cutting that down a little bit. And then uh, again, it's the value added of a Chapman degree. Um, you know, I can't remember the last, especially business guy that we've had uh, that's not walked away with a, without a job, like I said, our three seniors. Uh, they've they've got such good offers, and they're like, I'm not, "I can't walk away from this." Uh, so I'm going to graduate and move on to the next chapter of my life. So, um, you know, so the biggest thing is this: the, the tradition, uh, where the school's at, both academically and in the, uh athletic uh, frame of mind, and, and uh, it's, just, it's just a really place to be right now. Yeah, hey, hey that's
1: a pretty good answer. Uh, if, if I had any eligibility <laughs> left, it'd be you're I to, got to you. take you're my talents, right? You're hey. sold. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> um, so we can kind of move, move a little bit uh, into some lighter questions away from maybe Chapman uh, so much. So kind of a, a a question we've had a lot, with, especially more of our baseball, um, well, I guess from the baseball world, we kind of touched on the Astros thing a little bit. Um, so yeah. we just kind of wanted to know your perspective of being a coach um, and, yeah. you know, more importantly, just a baseball fan. Uh, just some of your thoughts. Yeah. Um and we don't want to reveal all your secrets, but during your coaching career, do you remember any unique or clever instances where uh, you guys may have been able to steal signs legally, um, you know, and hypothetically, of course. Like, no, this may not have ever happened, but, you know, in a hypothetical where you could steal signs, have
0: yeah. have?
2: do you have any strategies for that? Yeah. Um, so, um, well, the, the that sort of thing is tough. Yeah. Um, you know, that's been, you know, you look back and it got pretty criticized heavily pretty fast. But then you started to see some articles leaking in. Oh, well, you know, the 1912 White Sox were doing this with electronics and flashing lights on the scoreboard or whatever, you know. And it's been part of baseball for, for a long time. Um, I, I, I I absolutely think the Astros went a little too far, um, but the banging on the trash can things—I mean, it, it's, it's it's actually pretty funny. The more moves you get from it, you know, and you start to listen to the, see the, the video of it, and see you know, start hearing the banging, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how did nobody notice that before? Right. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's it, it's tough, um, and uh, you know, <laughs> this this is actually helping them a little bit, I guess, with. Uh, You know, this separation, people will just be happy to get back to baseball and kind of forget um, what happened. I still believe the Astros were a good team, uh, a great team. Um, And so um, I can liken this to kind of the the, the steroid area because that was my time. And I actually, that's when I I played a couple years in the independent leagues, and that was the mid to late 90s when the steroids were, were rampant. And I was surrounded by guys in the minor league. Clubhouses that were doing steroids, and and I'm like, guys, dude, you can't hit the curveball. What do you care? You know, uh, most of them, from my perspective, from my perspective, it, it didn't help. I know one player uh, that that made it to the big leagues uh, because he went from like one home run to twenty because you know he juiced, and and uh, the next year he hit twenty and got picked up, uh, uh, and and like, he was in the big leagues for a couple a couple copies over a, a two year. Bam! Uh, that was it. Um, steroids just made you know the, the the really good players better. It didn't take somebody that couldn't hit a curveball, and all of a sudden they could hit a curveball, right? Um, you know, so so I liken it to that a little bit. You know, they were still really good, um, and you know, who? Yes, things some things might have been different, um, and, and I get why people would be would be upset, but uh, it, it's it's been part of baseball, um, and you know, uh, I think they took it too far, but. Um, you know, those are, those are some of the things that, that have gone on. Um, you know, to answer your question, you know, some people would say also, well, you know, if, why do you change your signs with a runner on second, if, you know, if you're not trying? Well, because, you know, somebody's trying to, to, to look at them. And, um, you know, hitting the baseball is the toughest thing to do. So, you know, any advantage that you can get, yeah, you want to try and um, you know, take advantage of that. And, right. Um, one of the things that I, I think I'm pretty decent at is, is picking pitches from pitchers when they, you know, whether they, you know, fl- flutter their glove or they grip it in the stretch and don't change their grip. Um, you know, if they're going to give us those things,
0: write these down. Uh, we're
2: going to we're going to utilize it. You know, and those are more of the legal ways on the field. Um, you know that you're talking about. We're not, you know, we're not flipping lights on the scoreboard or banging trash <laughs> cans. But right. um, but but hey, if we get those things if we can get signs at second or if we can get, you know, uh, a pitcher tipping uh, us his pitches, you know, that's all, you know, that's all fair in my opinion. And, and mm-hmm. you know, even even the amazing, you know, how many people use the, uh, you know, the charting system, the number system to call pitches. But how many people don't change their charts? So we just write down the numbers. And, nope, they're starting to repeat. Here we go. We got them. You know? And so... You know, we'll know that one one two was a fastball, and they just keep repeating. So one one two, yep, it's a fastball again. All right, we, you know, we're in. Okay, one one three is a curveball. Okay, here comes curveball. Um, you know, so um, you know, you, you you still do utilize some of those things to you know to try and um, you know try and help yourself because, like I said, hitting, especially hitting, is the, is the toughest thing that you can do. So um, you know, uh, uh, one of our opening games in in Arizona this year. Um, you know, we, we had the, the pitcher's son. He was just in his grip. He started in the stretch, and he just gripped balls in his hand just hanging down, and he would grip whatever he was throwing, you know. And so we just told our guys, hey, look for this. All right, and they'd see it. And, and um, you know, we, we hit the guy around pretty good, and he was pretty frustrated. Again, the Astros took it too far, um, you know, but it is something that uh, you know that's going to continue. It's not going to go away. Uh, you know, you're all skip out on that 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 legal edge, yeah, that legal right. edge. We'll we'll we'll, cut, we'll leave it at that. And so, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't mind saying that that's, that's that you know that yeah. And I remember that yeah. game. I felt bad a little bit. You feel bad a little bit. Um, you want to be able to coach the kid, but uh, again, you're you're trying to trying to win the game. So, exactly. Um, uh, one, one of the guys, one of our players looked at me and goes, "Coach Lab, you you know you know do we feel bad about this?" Well, "No, this is part of the game. We're not looking at the scoreboard. We're not doing. We're just mm-hmm. we're identifying. So it's just like." just like a basketball player coming down and you know that he can't go to his left, you know? And so yeah. you, you, you take away his right and there you go. You know? Right. So you're yeah. Just identifying the things that go on throughout the course of the game. And that's going to continue at every level. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you did. I think that's a good,
1: you, you pretty much touched on it. I think that's kind of the view I've come on to just when in regards to that question, just on when has it become cheating? Um, and I think kind of what you touched on is just basically like e- you know if they're going to show you and you have like the means of just figuring it out that's a little different than you know a team's doing everything right and you know you're still being able to steal their signs
0: like yeah with, like the, the astros were like
1: whether it's through video or whatever you know maybe they are switching yeah. their signs they're not repeating and and whatever you're doing is still letting you kind of figure out what they're doing i think that's kind of where the line is drawn but if they're like repeating and stuff that's that's on them, like you said, kind of. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah. that's yeah. where the difference is.
0: Yeah. And Shubh, I hope you were taking notes. Uh, Shubh's an assistant coach at USC Lancaster, so hopefully he can take a little yep. bit of that to that program. But it's also (laughs) it's (laughs) it's it's funny you mentioned, too, like this is one of the only scandals you can look back and you can hear the garbage cans banging the in the background. You can't go back and see footage, exclusive footage of, you know, Bonds injecting steroids in his body and see like the effects of how it enhanced him as a baseball player. Like, you know, this is just this is one of the only scandals that I can think of that you can look back and say, oh, this is actually how they did did it. It
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's no walking into a stall and watching Mark McGuire inject Jose Conteco with steroids, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So. <laughs> so that, that, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever find one, I guess that would be
1: interesting. That would yeah. be a 30 for 30 instantly. Yeah,
0: yeah let us know. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get our producers together.
3: Yeah, so the last question here before we get into some rapid-fire questions. Uh, so we are the Division Three's finest podcast, so whenever we have guests on the show... In the Division Three baseball world, we have them tell their best Division Three stories. Uh, now you've been coaching for a while now, and you play Division Two baseball and independent baseball in the Frontier League, uh, so I'm sure you're full of stories. But what's maybe one or two of your favorite baseball stories, anything funny or crazy that happened to you uh, that you can never imagine happening at the Division One or pro level? Yeah.
2: Um, pro ball days um, in the minor leagues, being down, um, 11 runs, it was 12 to one going in the bottom of the ninth and we scored 13. You know, one of those things where you talk about hitting is contagious. Um, you know, I'll just never forget just all the balls, um, you know, falling and, and, uh, um, just run after run after run. And then it was a, it was a three run home to, to, to win it. Um, you know, one of those things, um, division three, boy, there's so, there's, there's so many different things that, uh, you know, they go on, on the Division Three level from, from uh, you know, this the, the perspective. Turning two in, uh, in the game uh, was that was years back. Um, you know, getting the opportunities. Um, you know, uh, just seeing seeing balls, do things. You know, foul balls that go into you know. Into the dugouts and don't hit anybody or, or or things like that. Just seeing some some funny things like that uh, to go through, um, you know, are or, are or, or definitely you know one of the unique things of, of you know Division three and and uh, and, and going from there. So um, I'm trying to think of some 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 good ones. I'm blanking on some of them right now. But, no, that's, uh, all right.
1: that's how that's how yeah. Shoe lost his hair it was a stray foul ball actually. <laughs> that he dunked so, it just in time, but it took the hair off.
2: Yeah, so. Well, now I know what to blame my, my ball spot on, too. There we go. Uh, I can blame it on that. Yeah, it's it. it. blame yeah. your cat-like reflexes yeah. getting you out of the way.
1: Yeah, that's right. Baseball. It
0: yeah. happens. Yeah.
1: All righty. So, I think. So, this next section, uh, just rapid-fire questions. Uh, I'm going to read. Uh, I'm just going to read off questions. You know, we're looking for. You know, quick answer, if, if it suffices, if it's something, you know, you want to expand on, obviously feel free to do so. Um, but yeah. I'm just going to kind of roll through the list here. Uh, ho- hopefully they're a little bit, you know, just a little quick quick hitters, basically. Yeah, yeah. All right. So first off, uh, what's the most important... <laughs> I say they're quick hitters, and then I'm going to ask you this. Uh, what's the most yeah, important
2: think- part of coaching? Uh, relationships. Uh, we, we've got to build... Uh- you know, uh, I was a shortstop, and and hitting is my passion. Um, so to to take a hitter and help him do anything, he, he's got to trust you. So you've got to be able to build that you know reputation and that relationship with him, so that you know if I tell somebody, okay, Tommy, I want you to do this, um, they're gonna they're gonna trust you because if they're going coach, oh, what the heck, do you want me to do this? for? I don't want to do this. Um, you know, it's not gonna work. Uh, you know, hitting, especially, things get worse before they get better. So. Uh, I think building those relationships uh, are, are are key, and that starts in the recruiting process.
0: That's funny you say that, because we just had Pitt Baseball's head coach on the podcast. Shout out Coach Mike Bell, and he said relationships as well. So obviously you know, yeah, that's awesome. that's something that's obviously very important.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I forgot about that. All right, uh, next question. Uh, if you weren't a baseball coach, what would you be doing with your life right now? I'd
2: have been an accountant. I was going. Okay. I was a business major in accounting, so um, you know. So I, those, those number crunchings. It's funny. People yeah. always say I'm not a big. Uh, um, you know, sabermetrics is still. Uh, I'm not oh. old per se, but I've been. You know, 21 years of coaching, and so uh, in my 20, was well, my it would be my 25th overall as a college coach. Um, you know, so sabermetrics has really started to come in. You know, towards the latter part of my career. Uh, but I'm still learning some of those things. So people always say, you know, well, you were going to be an accountant, and and you don't, you don't crunch baseball <laughs> numbers like you would have, you know, the other ones. But yeah, uh, I mean, base, they just base, go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, base, baseball is more gut, is more guttural for me. You know, I, I yeah, I've just felt it, and I understand, and so. Um, but definitely one of the things that excites me about is is everything that is going on with these things, and I think that's one of the things that are important for coaches, out there to understand. Uh, you know, the older you get. Uh, your 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 clientele stays the same age, 18 to 22. Uh, you know, so you've got to make adjustments. You, you've got to continue to change, and and it's one of my biggest fears is is waking up the day when I'm I just can't relate, and it happens to every coach at every sport and every level. Uh, the Aggie Gritos, you know, everybody, um, you know, the winningest coach in college baseball history, but it just comes a point when. The uh, University of Texas said, hey, it's, it's time. You know, you, you just don't relate to these kids anymore. And, and, uh, and so that's so, one of the things that I, that I work hard, um, you know, to, to try and understand and, and make myself better uh, so that I can stay connected as long as I can.
0: Right. I mean, saving metrics obviously important, but we're more about manalytics, I think, on this podcast. You know, you, like you mentioned, that gut feeling. <laughs> If you have a guy at first, you want to bunt him over, and you have a gut feeling that guy's going to drive him in, maybe that goes against the numbers, but, you know, sometimes you got to go with your gut.
2: Yep, yep.
1: Uh, all right, uh, next question. Uh, oh, and, Coach, just to your point, I think you're all right. You, you mentioned uh, – you know, getting out of touch or can't being able to relate. Uh, you referenced TikTok, I think, at the top of the show, so I think you got at least another you got at least another ten years in you. Yeah, at, perfect at the minimum, just by bringing that up. I like to up. hear
2: it. Just, yep. I um, like to hear it. I like to hear it.
1: So, if you could change anything about college baseball, well, maybe this is kind of this is kind of a good question because you might actually be able to change yeah. it. Um, yeah. What What
2: would you change? Yeah. Um, you know, for Division III, especially, is the time that we get to, to, to coach our players. You know, and like I said, that's um, I, I've I've worked hard to, to be in a position, um, you know, and and you know, be on different committees on well, the NCAA, on the ABCA, which is the American Baseball Coaches Association. Uh, you know, which is gosh, it's 15,000 members strong worldwide. It's 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 awesome, and it's a you know awesome organization to be a part of. So, all all you coaches out there that are a member of the ABCA, please. Uh, it's not expensive to sign up. Um, you get all kinds of they're doing ABCA, you know, stuff, uh, videos and all kinds of stuff. So uh, shout out to them uh, as well. But, uh, yep, yep. And uh, you know, being able to, you know, to maybe affect some change is is is, is really neat. And getting those opportunities for, you know, guys yeah. like yourself. I mean, I don't know how many how many get how many weeks you guys use in the fall, four or five, and then you had your sixteen weeks in the spring. I mean, if you could have your four or five weeks and then another, you know, four weeks, you know, just doing four-on-ones where you can get in the cage and actually work in your swing or, or, or do something. And especially at some mm-hmm. smaller smaller schools, and, and most of our, our, our schools are smaller, but um, where, gosh, we don't, we don't have the four full-time coaches uh, that they can do all those stuff. So if we could have four-on-ones where we could adjust around some of our volunteer coaches' schedules and, and actually still get them to help us out um, we could actually get some, you know, uh, some positive effects to, to the players, not only health-wise but relationship-wise, um, mm-hmm. retention-wise. Think about how many, you know, guys maybe that, that left your program in the fall uh, because you, you played it mm-hmm. four or five weeks. They didn't they didn't play very well, and uh, so they decided, oh, this is the place for me. I'm going to go somewhere else. But if Coach could have had that, that connection with him for, you know, most of the fall, uh, working with them you know maybe maybe he stays in school there and that's a big deal to to schools that are that are tuition driven like some that you know are uh, sure. you know that's important 35 guys on the baseball team because guys. yeah
1: definitely yeah. Uh, yeah so this one a little more lighthearted. um do you have any crazy baseball superstitions and if you didn't personally what is the weirdest one that you've ever seen
2: awesome awesome um so I'm not uh, Thank you. I, I'm definitely you know you got some, some superstitions my biggest one is you know hey if we're if we're playing well um, you know I just might wear you know I'll wash everything but I'll just wear I'll go wear the same socks you know hey we're you know we played really good yesterday I am just gonna wash my socks and we're gonna we're gonna play with the, the same socks on you know an and undershirt uh, or, or something like that so um, you know, that's probably my my biggest one I wasn't they didn't have too many as, as, as a player either. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I will, you know, do some things. I'm not, you know, I, we get going and, you know, I decided, uh, you know, about quarter of the way through the season, uh, last year, most of the time I'm being shaven, but I decided that ah, is, you know, you know, we still, we needed a little change. And so I went go you know, and then we there really go. started to play well. So I went go the whole season, you know, so I'll do, I'll do a little <laughs> things like that. Um, there you go. funny, <clears throat> funny recruiting story. Uh, about superstition so uh when i first just after i uh, finished playing i went back to uc riverside and and was an assistant there and uh basically one of my first recruits i was with our recruiting coordinator doug smith uh, another hall of fame uh abca person just fantastic coach and uh we were we had this junior college shortstop that, that we were interested in and he came down for a visit and I was just kind of shadowing Coach Smith, kind of, you know, learning, you know, the ropes and, and seeing how he interacted with the recruits and stuff like that. And uh, we, we take him out to dinner, and uh, we're having a good conversation. You know, the kid's a really good player. We've heard really good things. And, uh, you know, about three-quarters of the way through the, the dinner, the kid goes, Coach, you know, how do you feel about superstitions? And Coach Smith uh, is like, you know, gosh, you know, everybody's got them. Yeah, no, no no, big deal why. You know, you got one? He's like, yeah, well, um, I, I got to play with two McDonald's cheeseburgers in my back pocket every game. <laughs> and, and, Coach was laughing and he was like, oh, no, no, I really, I mean, well, like when I was 10, my mom bought me two cheeseburgers and I put them on my back pocket and I went four for four and I've been playing with two cheeseburgers in my pocket ever since. <laughs> and, and, uh, Coach, <laughs> and, uh, Coach, Coach kind of looked at him and said, here's the funniest part, um, Coach looked straight at him, and I—I I don't remember his name, but he just went like, "Tommy, you better find another place to play." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, not only the two cheeseburgers, but the, the, our our coaches, Coach Smith's reaction to it, just going, "Yeah, no, that's not going to work for us. We're we're not we're not that suspicious. Yeah. So you better you better find another place to play." <laughs> so. you weirdo. Um, so on the net of burgers
1: actually there's a good transition so next question is in and out or Five Guys
2: Mm, in and out for sure wow that's straight up I appreciate no hesitation but you knew the answer yeah what do you take but you gotta go you gotta go to the secret menu though see uh, you can pull out the grilled cheeses you can pull out the animal style um, you know so once you get down here and get uh, you know get acclimated you get the secret menu um, you My know you Christ. get a four by four you know so you know that's, oh, that's, that's what people key. are missing
0: all right secret yeah. menu learn something new every day on the division three spice podcast
2: how do you feel about yeah, In-N-Out's go. fries uh there you know i like mcdonald's fries better um, yeah
0: you know so they're,
2: they're fries Easy. um and, and and i think you know, five guys fries is probably better too. Um, you know, uh, but they're okay. Yeah. Just this, just the secret stuff that you can do uh, with the burgers themselves. You know, that's yeah. that's the fun part. They come
0: for. It. I you. Gotcha. It's yeah. California. They're on the health kick. They they gotta have something healthy on their menu. Yeah, they're not worried about no. fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, it'll be kale fries. They're only selling kale fries. Yeah.
2: Well, you get animal-style um, you don't have to worry about it because it's covered in chili and all kinds of good stuff. So mm, I was okay. just going to ask what go. that meant, but that yeah. sounds phenomenal. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. Yeah.
1: All right, we got a few more here. Um, so the, what is the longest bus ride that you've ever had to go on in your college career, and what was your go-to gas station snack for those long bus rides? Ooh,
2: um, so uh, luckily, uh, in, in college for sure, um, you know, all of our schools were pretty close, so uh, we didn't have the, you know, our longest bus rides were, you know, going to Northern California or, or Arizona, you know, maybe six or seven hours, um, you know. But we're stopping. I'm getting a king size Snickers, man. King size Snickers, and you know, some sort of soda, Dr Pepper, uh, something like that. That was that was definitely uh, uh, on the agenda. Um, you know, maybe some some peanut M Ms. Those are, those, are, those are key, too. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's so, a, that's yeah, what, a good one there. Um, Definitely, you brought up the a, a, a fond memory of uh, the, the bus leagues. Um, I actually played in Evansville, Indiana, uh, one of the minor league seasons that I was at. And, and um, we were going, I don't remember where we were going, but we were going, it was a day we were pretty far away, and we're actually heading home. And, uh, you know, it was going to be a 12-hour bus ride, about six you know, we took off after the game. About six hours into the the bus ride, the bus breaks down out in the middle of oh, um, nowhere, and, and you know we're we're stranded there. The next day is going to be one of our days off. You know, you don't get many days off in the minor leagues, and you know, so we're all you know, looking forward to a day off. So we had to spend our day off. You know, took you know about six hours in, we break down. Took another couple hours for them to get a replacement bus. You know, uh, and then. You know, by the time we're on the road you know we're we're when we're supposed to be rolling in maybe about 8 a.m we're rolling in at 2 p.m uh, your day off's almost over you know so yeah uh, so those were the those were the fun times picture picture the guys on the plane in major league when they go from the jet to the prop plane that's uh you know in the uh, in <laughs> uh, the, uh yeah thunderstorm and they're all in, you know they got their sleeping masks on because they're all terrified that was kind of the bus rides back then for sure no that's Legendary a good that's seems. a good story Um, and then, so
1: next, next one, um, so outside, well, I guess, so I guess now being where you're at, um, in your career, you know, you've had success at, at the division three level. So what is your ultimate goal with baseball? Maybe not like, maybe something a little more like not as known or, or just kind of what is, what are you striving towards with your, with your coaching, uh, career? Um,
2: I, I want to get better, first and foremost. Um, you know, that's why I like talking about these things. Uh, I like listening. Um, you know, I think we all can get better. Um, the only thing that, that really separates me from you is just a little bit of experience. Um, and, you know, so I think we all need to continue to learn. Um, I, I really enjoy the Division three level. I'm not in any hurry. You know, I've got a seven-year-old daughter. Uh, you know, so it's it, you know Chapman's a great place for me to have the great blending of, of, you know, the game I love in and baseball and and, uh, and the little girl I love um, and, and being able to spend the time, you know, with her as a dad, uh, which is, you know, the best thing I've ever done. So, you know, so it's a really, really neat thing. You know, as she gets older and starts to direct her own path, you know, I'm very happy Division three. but hey, maybe there's a day where, you know, maybe somewhere, you know, down the road I, I can retire and, and I go Uh, I'd just love to be a hitting coach again, you know, being a, being a head coach, it's Uh, about 15%, it's about 15% coaching, 85% all the other crap that you have to do, Um, you know, (laughs) so so it would be fun, uh, you know, to to, to get back to coaching, Uh, I've also thought about being an athletic director, because I love all sports, you know, I've, I've been involved, you know, life on small campuses, you know, you wear different hats, and I work a lot of the basketball games, and football games and mm-hmm. different things like that. So you get to know those student athletes as well. Um, so it's fun to, to follow their careers. And, and so getting into administration, uh, maybe might be, uh, you know, something that, that I like to do in the future as well.
1: Um, so we get, um, so what is the most important quality in a ball player that
2: you're looking for when recruiting? Can I give you three? Sure. Definitely. <laughs> so, absolutely. So, uh, I task our, our guys with these three things. Um, Uh, First and foremost, we want good people. Okay, Um, baseball is a game where the 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 one player could be the best player you've ever seen, um, but it's it's not important in baseball. Whereas, you know, that one player, if he's a jerk, he could he could carry a basketball team or a football team. Uh, It it just doesn't happen in baseball. And we mentioned it earlier, uh, just because I followed his whole career. I mean, Barry Bonds is one of the best players I ever saw. I saw him play in college and and. His years with the Pirates, and I grew up in Northern California, uh, in the Bay Area. So you know, when he's up there with with, his, with the Giants, and and man, he he could defend, he could run, he could hit, um, even before the steroids, I and mean, he was good. And uh, but he's a jerk. It took so many strong people around him to get to their one World Series appearance that it, it's just impossible to recreate that uh, every year. So. Um, first and foremost we want good people if you're you might be the best player I've ever seen but if you're if I don't think you're going to fit and I don't think you're you're doing it for the right reasons then we're going to pass the second reason is um, second thing is that we're looking for is you've got to have some ability Um, so we could be the best coaches in the world uh, but if you don't have the ability we're not going to be able to help you Uh, and then the last thing uh, we also touched this on this at the beginning is for us you got to want to learn because we're uh going to give you information and expect that you utilize that information on the field runner on second nobody out your job is to move that guy from second to third no matter what if you do it you're going to play if you don't you're not um and uh we're going to be telling you know uh telling you hey you didn't move this guy this is what needs to be done uh for us to win baseball games and so this is what you need to do to earn playing time i think it makes it real crystal clear for the for the players as well but but those three things have been the staple of, of, of my recruiting since I started. Good people with some ability that want to learn.
3: Yeah, so the last question we have, uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's say the 2019 Chapman Panthers are moved, are moved up to the Division one level and they're playing the Pac-12 Conference. You know, uh, terrible football and basketball conference, but great baseball conference. Uh, what's your overall record looking like?
2: Um, well, um, so, you know, you uh, know, Baseball is fun. I mean, Pete. Um, you know, I don't know how many games we'd win. I mean, we we could win. I mean, like you said, our 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 guy's you know going to be a top five round pick. You know, if he's going out there throwing you know against the division one teams, he's going to have good outings. Now the trick is going to be, you know, we have good arms, you know, coming out of the pen, but are they going to be good enough? Um, you know, so pitching depth is going to be the key in that in that scenario, uh, especially in a power spot to come. Now, hey, you put us in a mid major. Um, you know, uh, there there might be a lot of mid majors where we could, you know, we could, you know, compete with the t- upper half consistently, you know, right away. But that's the beauty of baseball; um, it, it's not as different. You know, you take a UC Davis, go play, you know, Arkansas or you know Alabama. You know, they're just getting pummeled every single time, pretty much. It's very rare that you see those those upsets, but in baseball, man, it's it's happening yeah, it, all the it can time. Happen, yeah, um, you know, So. So that's one of the beauties uh, of baseball. It's still it, – the depth is going to be the issue, especially on the mound. You know, uh, like, so we could really pitch last year in, in 2019. We had, you know, uh, you know really, really good, good pitchers. But, um, you know, facing a consistent Division One lineup, that's going to be a little bit different beast. All
0: right, Coach, I think that's all we have for you unless you have anything else. Uh, I appreciate your time again for coming on the podcast, and we're wishing you the best of luck moving forward.
2: Uh, awesome job, guys. Uh, Any time, you know, that was fun. Really enjoyed. Great questions. We appreciate you, uh, you guys uh, promoting the, you know, the the Division Three game because it is a it's a special game and and uh, you know deserves the notoriety that you guys are helping spread. So a lot of good, a lot of just good people, a lot of good stories, like I said, but just a lot of good people and players. Uh, you know that uh, that work in a true part of the game. You know they're not doing it for the money. They're not doing it for the scholarship. They're doing it for right. the. You know they, they they want to play, want to put in the work to get better. So it's uh, it's really neat. So appreciate you guys, uh, you you putting this together and sharing all, all these stories.
0: Yeah, it's K Weezy and we back. The rise to the throne.
3: Envy.
1: Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people, phonies, just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for, for me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patients. All I got is papers and a lot of haters. Shout out to my home dog, they all
0: got prayers.